Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everyone and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 480s After, After Show. Show. Sometimes I get a little, uh, I've been doing a lot of post-production <laughs> self-commentary, and then your intro there may or may not bleed into what I'm doing here. I get myself thrown off once in a it's while. It's okay. 480 in, I still do. And like a thousand Disc Golf Guy vlog intros. Yeah. Mm. It's easy to still throw myself off, believe it or not. I ain't that smart, Johnny. Yeah, Terry, don't you give yourself uh, too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ray... Super Smashy on the on our Discord asked a question about Simon Lazat, who was talking about low scores in disc golf. Simon more or less said he thinks it's okay that we have low scores in disc golf, mm. and we should stop trying to make the courses crazy difficult with all the crazy OB and this and that in order to try to get players closer to par. That maybe it's fine that we're at. Negative 10 to negative 16 around. Mm-hmm. And that the sport will always be considered, quote unquote, easy as long as we have the size baskets we do. I don't know if he was hinting necessarily that we needed smaller baskets. What's your take, Terry? Throw it at me. Do you think our sport is fine? Now, at uh, 10 to 16 under par, or do you think we should be trying to make these courses crazy difficult or or whatnot. Or, I mean, a lot of people talk about scoring separation and all this other jazz. I, I don't know why, necessarily. Maybe it's that excitement. But I, I'm i good with what the scoring is. Okay. Uh, dare I say the idea of the elusive 18-under being possible in our sport I think is kind of cool. Clearly, some some of those birdies on any given course might be nearly impossible or very good, good bonus birdies to get. And some are going to be gimmies and everything in between. But the fact that 18 in theory on almost every course that our Pro Tour sees 
is conceivable. Uh, clearly, some of it seems absurd. I mean, look at how we initially talked about the Nevin course this year. Uh, we just thought, oh, you know, well, the players were saying anything under par is great. Double digits, insane. And then we see the likes of, you know, Ricky, Ricky do what Isaac. he did, and Hamas, and a few of the others, and then a, shooting the strings double digits. of birdies. Like they got it. They eventually, to some degree, got it figured out. It could also still bite them. I don't know why, but it doesn't bother me. It never really has. No. Um, you, there's a theme here, folks. <laughs> Simon, when everyone asks, Simon, I've got this great course. It's so good. It's championship caliber. It's got these all these long, amazing, incredible shots. Simon's always like, I don't care. I don't want to go there. Well, there... He I doesn't think, want to play those events, and my point through no, this it's not is, the it's not so. I mean, no, he doesn't want to play long, challenging courses. I like, think he, he has said it outright. Yeah, but he does on the pro tour. That's fine, but I'm saying but not, you're not your local B tier. Yeah, no. he, he he birdies are fun. Yeah, and however you get them, you get them. Now, clearly, I I don't think he's advocating for 210 foot open holes and 18 of those, but. I think it just plays into the Simon theme or brand, which is fun is fun. Fun is fun, and birdies are usually fun. He's not saying dummy it down to make it insanely easy either, but it's fun to get birdies. Here, here's my the bigger it, question is: Are we trying to? I'll, I'll borrow from either Climo and or Steve Mills or both. Are we trying to follow the yellow brick road that is the path at golf? is on or has set or paved in front of us? Or are we trying to stand alone? And are we trying to be just a little bit different? And on any given day, on any given argument, it feels like we flip-flop between, yes, we're just like golf. We want to be like golf. Here's what they do, and here's why we should do it. And then there's plenty of times you're like, no, we don't want to be like them. Look at how stuffy and ridiculous and silly and out of touch they are, you know, the dying sport that it is. Like, I feel like both sides of that argument get played out sometimes even by the same people. Sure. I, which I, depends on <laughs> makes it kind of hard to listen to you. If you're going to talk out of both sides of your mouth, I think it depends about on the if subject. we should be following the, the yellow brick road, so to speak. Um, you, you know, look at everything. I mean, everything mm-hmm. from the, the count of our majors and how many majors we have, you know, and, and sticking with a grand slam theme and other sports have four, so to speak, but, if, like we said last year, if the women have five and the men have four, who cares? Let it be. Like, no. I don't know. In so many ways, we're not like golf. Even though we have a similar name, we're not like golf. And I am, I'm okay with us embracing that. A lot of sports right now are actually making efforts to improve the offense of their game. Whether that's shot clock, whether that's pitch clock, whether that is... Um, uh, making you know, making it easier for wide receivers, calling more, you know, offensive or more defensive penalties, making you know, hitting the quarterback, uh, even brushing up on him sometimes uh, a, a flag, depending on who you ask. Most sports are going towards offense because it's more exciting. It's what more fans want to see. I personally don't have a problem with with the scoring. I've said I would love to see more variety on our on our tour. Not every course has to be nine thousand plus feet. Like I'm kind of over it. I like I like some big long courses. I don't want every course. I want to see a a, a, a sixty nine hundred foot course, a seventy three hundred foot course. I want mo- a few more of them. Get, but they have to be challenging. They have to be kind of wooded. Maybe even 
I hate to say it, maybe even a little lucky on a couple of the holes. Hmm. Because those short holes, if these guys are so good, mostly short holes, they're going to, if if there's a 25-foot gap, they're going to hit it on a 280-foot hole. They're just, they're going to hit it. That's what they do. I'm not necessarily opposed to maybe making it a little bit more difficult and making those gaps maybe a little bit tighter on those shorter holes. You, some might call it lucky, you know, hitting a 15-foot gap at 212 feet. But I, I would just love to see a, a, a little bit more variety in the courses. And, and and it doesn't have, again, one or maybe two events where you have a, sh- a short course mixed with a long course. Not necessarily a 9,800-foot course mixed with an 11,000-foot <laughs> course. I want to see, like I said, the 7,100-foot course mixed with a 9,100 square uh, foot course. I keep wanting to say square feet. 9,100 foot course. It's okay. It's okay to have that par three course. So just as one example, what I believe is the shortest course on tour is Pers- the Beast. The Beast, yeah. That's just my guess. I, I'm, I'm almost certain of that. Uh, the number I can tell you in terms of feet is it is 7,900 feet. Okay. 79.57. Obviously has provided challenge. We've also seen an 18 under, you know, barring an argument about the, the, par, the pars. Whatever. The point is, we've seen it. The average score, and I just happened to be going back to this year, average score for round one was negative uh, 4.59. Round two, average score, this is the whole field, mind you, is negative 2.69. A little colder and or windier. And then right in the middle of those two was negative 3.5 for the final round of the Beast at that particular event. My question to you is, that's basically just a few feet short of 8,000 feet. I like that. Do I th- you, does that course, is that what you have in mind where you'd like to, I'll just say, I would more l- Waco-type yes. courses? I would like to see more Waco-type courses. It doesn't, again, I, I know I said like 6,500, 6,900 you said this one is what? 70, 7950. So we'll call it 8000. I'm okay with that. Maybe even a touch shorter. Maybe. Just I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I don't want again, I don't want all my courses to be like that. I think there should be a few. There should be a few big long golf courses with with uh, artificial OB. There should be a few Maple Hill courses, super wooded. Iron Hills or whatever it is. Like, I want variety. I don't want... I want European-style courses where they where they do have all these crazy... I saw one hole in a European course, one of the events. I think it was barely 200 feet. And it was wooded, and they had to land in a little circle. They just... It was a little Anheuser pitch. I forget which event it was, but I looked up. I said, this, this is your hole? But the green was so small, you had to literally, like hit this green and there was no, there was no, uh, nothing to stop you. There was nothing. It was just pace your disc. You could slide into the green. You could, I was fine with it. I think out of the four people, three of them went OB on that particular card. It just, they hit a, they hit a tree early. They would, whatever. I'm okay with some of this stuff. I'm all right with it. I just want to see variety. And, I don't want to get into a full conversation about this. Uh, Carney on the board says that smaller baskets would be a huge financial hit for every single course in the world. No, it wouldn't. Not every course has to have them. If 
the pro tour decided we're going to go to uh marksman's i keep everyone calls a marksman style but Mm -hmm. because that's the brand like Mm -hmm. like, kind of q-tip but went to a skinnier basket it doesn't mean that every course has to have them not every not every park has a has an NBA court on it. Some, not every court has you know. Sometimes you've got you know chains. Sometimes sure. you have it, you don't have to match or these. Breakaway backboard or glass backboard. Correct. correct. Not a, when you go to a bowling alley, isn't it isn't oiled up like it is for the for the top pros in bowling. Mm-hmm. You're getting a scaled back version. I think it would We're be talking okay. oil patterns here. Oh, oh gosh, don't get me started on the oil patterns. I like um, a one-to-one diamond approach. <laughs> uh, I couldn't even tell you if that was real. I'm sure it is. Uh, but just saying that you could have the the pro level basket and have it be a little smaller, or maybe you know maybe bigger than a marksman, but smaller than what we have. It's all it doesn't. You don't have to switch every every course, and maybe some courses want them, but. Uh, An interesting response to that that I've seen is someone say, in what other sports do we continue to make it more difficult? Or maybe isn't that somewhere even within Simon's response Mm -hmm. where he says, in what other sports do we at the professional level and only there try to make things more difficult? Like, and I don't know, there's, I'm sure, plenty of analogies, uh, some that are very fitting and some that then miss the mark. I mean, um, you have you have different three point lines, right? Depending mm-hmm. on what level of basketball you're playing yep. in, uh, and different basketball sizes. But I know that's you usually that's um, largely for uh, MPO versus FPO, and we have different tees and such. But anyway, uh, field goals, goalposts, things of that nature, different sizes. You know, we we don't lower the rim, but yet at a younger level you sometimes see 8 or 9 foot rims i mm-hmm. think when they're when you're playing at a really really young age sure, sure. i mean so i i don't know if that entirely holds water in terms of that argument and would it be weird i guess my point is would it be weird to have let's just say you don't retrofit any courses in the country and the pro tour just travels with 18 marksman mm-hmm. baskets slides them in for the weekend and at the end of the weekend takes them out puts the baskets back in that were already at the course, and they just move on to the next event. Clearly, that's possible. Yeah, it's possible. That could be done in I'm, theory. I'm 100% okay with that. Um, if that were to, I, they were to do something like that. I, I don't know that that's, I don't know if that's what we need or not. I, again, it keeps I coming back to, do we care Correct. I'm not saying about we, yeah. the scores? I'm not, I'm not saying that that has to happen. I was just reading off of the board what Carney was saying about that particular sure. uh, line of thought that, that a huge financial hit, because as as we know, like I I, I don't want to. If I go bowling, I don't want to bowl on a on a pro level oiled court. That's just yeah. Or, or, or lane. And you want the bumper lanes up? I give me the bumpers, baby. Yes. Give me you the bumpers. Those. I agree. And, and just in general, we don't have to play the exact same way that the top level pros play. It. We can watch them. We can marvel at them. We we don't have to do it. I. You know, not every course has to be. You know, seventy. You know, or I was gonna say seventy one hundred feet, but like eleven thousand feet. Yeah. You know, I, I if I go out and play, I don't like Simon. Says, I don't want to play an eleven thousand foot course. Period. If I go out, I'm I want to play whatever you know. Dretzka is in the mids. Mm-hmm. You know, eight 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 thousand feet, whatever that is. Yeah, so I don't think it's that. But I don't <laughs> think it's that either. But well, I was thinking, yeah, I guess if you <laughs> longs, yeah. So, but 
we don't have to we don't have to play the same thing. So if the Pro Tour had something different for them, I think that would be okay. If that's what we want, like you said, we don't necessarily know if we want to have less aces, less birdies, harder scoring, tougher putts, these type of things. I think there are other steps we can get to first before maybe that is the method we go. But eh. anyway, so as we I know, mean, similarly, everyone continues to have an opinion about, you know, backing up jump putting should falling over be extended to 45 feet or all the way out to 66 feet. Whatever the question is, that is another consideration that has just, been had. And uh, I, for me, I don't think jump putting it like makes the game so much easier. I, I don't know how good I, you guys are, but if, if you're just making every it. Every time you jump putt, then why aren't you throwing farther away from the basket on purpose? If jump putting is so the, easy. Uh, I, I agree. I, I 100% agree with that. I only don't like it just for the the, the mere... Uh, aesthetics of it? No, no. Not, I don't care oh. about the aesthetics of how someone yeah, looks okay. when they jump putt. The, the rule calling is that it's, sure. it's, it's, it's very difficult to call. If it's a rule in the rule book, it should be... It should be callable. And right now, falling putts, jump putts, step putts, they're, they're, they're almost... It's almost impossible to call them, which is why I don't like the rule in general. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's a competitor and a competitor. It's just flat, flat out. Like it's you can't discernible. It's it, very difficult. It's, yeah, it's very difficult to discern whether it actually happens or not. You could slow it down and be like, oh yeah, look at their their putt was well out of their hand, or you know, still in their hand. I'm sorry, when they were off the ground, and then it came out a, a half second later. And the only way you notice that is because someone snapped a photo at the exact right time. Yeah. That's the only reason I don't like that those particular rules. But my idea, you back that circle up to like sixty feet. Just make it easy and say sixty six. Sixty six. Why is sixty six easier than sixty? Just for the fact that that would be exactly then twenty meters, and we use ten meters as a particular standard. But we would be getting rid of that currently. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is I don't know if maybe there's still rules that apply, or maybe there's still uh, mm-hmm. statistics that apply to 10 meters. That's yeah. the only reason why I say keep it. Yeah, I, I mean, those... Because it, it, right now... All I'm saying is that it's a, it's way harder to judge 60 feet than it is fifth, than it is 30 feet. The further you get oh, away... I agree. The, har- totally agree. the, the way harder it's going to be to judge. And it, it, there's going to be so much like, am I in or out? Do I, need to, like, do I need to measure? Can I step... Now when you step it off, that's 20 steps you need to step as opposed to the 10, which most of us take. It just... You're adding so much... I don't say so much time. And I get a lot of people have... They're, they're, they're little uh, Bushnells. They can just pop it and tell you now. But yeah, So those are only accurate up to plus or minus three or five feet. I, I, right? I, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That's the only reason I think backing it up is a huge pain in the ass because that, totally just, that just adds all the way more question. Now, you imagine now, again, walking through a wooded section. Like you're trying to, you're trying to putt uh, on like the third hole after you've gone into the woods at Waco. And you're like, am I outside 66 or even 60? Am I outside 60? And you're looking, you're like, I don't know. There's a thousand, there's a there's hundred <laughs> trees between you and them. And you can't even walk a straight line. Like, you can hardly tell at 30 feet sometimes yeah, exactly. for that. So uh, that, that that's just my take. Okay. I, I, I don't necessarily think that that is the way. So, and, and if the Pro Tour had different rules, again, same thing. If the Pro Tour decided... We are going to get rid of the 30-foot mark and no falling putts inside of 60 feet. 
because we know that we can mark every one of our 60 foot putts with circles and and blue little flaggy things. Mm-hmm. Great. That doesn't mean that the whole world needs to go that way. The PDGA can keep their rules and the pro tour can amend their rules to change it. Is it a little confusing? Maybe. Yes and no, and but, I, I'd but if say it's, it's no if, more confusing than the con- fact that yeah. you you have to wear dry fit at an A tier mm-hmm. and you don't at a C tier. I mean, there are different rules that apply to different levels of our game, and I think it could be adopted. Here, here is a question I've had for a few weeks that is on par, uh, a little bit of a tangent, but not sure. with all of this. Which is hit me with it, Terry. Whose responsibility? Probably mine. Is or isn't it to determine inside or outside of the circle when nothing's marked on the course? You go out to your local B tier and you say to the guys, am I inside or outside the circle? Other two people on the card don't care, but then say, I don't know. Whose responsibility is it? And and are you? Uh, is there any onus of anyone else on the card to then decipher yes or no? And to call it back. I think if it's, I mean, I think the player makes the decision and they should ask the card if there's any question. If, if, if you're going, if you know you're going to do a falling putt or a jump putt and you are near that line, mm-hmm. I have no problem asking or, hey, can, can, can I step this off? Okay. Pace it off. You got, you know, approximately 10 steps. Like, all right, it it looks, you know, hey, I got 11 steps. Someone's like, all right, that's good. That's fine with me. It's a group decision. Like, ultimately, the first decision is the player, and then the group has to concede, concede that it is or isn't. Because if one person says, no, that's definitely inside. You can't jump putt. Unless you have definitive evidence, I think you have to go with the guy who says no. Even if, even if three people say yes, if one guy says no, I, I, I think you, I think you have to at that point go with the guy who says no. You have to disagree because I, I mean, yeah, I think it's an interesting perspective for the people on, that love to jump putt. It has to be seconded if if it if it's a falling. Uh, well, putt. yeah. So, and then, so uh, even even uh, if one person disagrees, does it have to be seconded anymore though with our new rules? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know that it does. So oh, that, that's not, what's yeah. kind of funny. Just imagine. You and another guy are like, yeah, I think you're good. Mm-hmm. Somebody jump putts. The, th- the third guy who is quiet says, oh, falling putt or jump putt or whatever. <laughs> they yell something out. Like, it's an interesting take because it, it's almost this awkwardness that it can put on the other group members. And and every and everyone has their different opinion about a jump putt, the legalities, the whether they like it or not. Maybe depending on how good they are or aren't, if they incorporate it or not. I think a lot of those things can fester up. And if sure. someone's saying, "Hey, am I outside the circle?" Is it your responsibility to reply to them and say yes or no? Like, wh- why is it on the other person to determine if you're outside of thirty three feet? And then and then let's say two people say no, two people say yes. Well, I I really think it is. Well, I, mean, if, I really think I, it is. Then are then it, then are your paces good enough in terms of being official? And are whose paces? Well, whose paces are good and, enough? And again, maybe going back on what I just said, it does require. It needs one second if if you have a foot fault. It needs to be seconded, I believe. But you can't. Uh, let, let's look. You, you can't second it yourself, though. 
I believe that's the rule. Uh, to be fair, the reason why Johnny and I are it, not 100% certain it, is because this rule changed. has changed uh, uh, back and forth a few times throughout the, our careers. Any throw made from within 10 meters of the target as measured from the front mm-hmm. of the lie to the base of the target is a putt. After having released a putt, the putter must demonstrate full control of balance behind the marker disc before advancing toward the target. A player who fails to do so has committed a stance violation and receives a one-throw penalty. But that doesn't say who, how many people we need to second it. Because if you need, if you need basically two people, then even if one guy says it's not, if the other, if the other two in your card say, yeah, he was outside that circle, then it doesn't matter what the one guy says. So I guess I'll, I'll step that back, wondering how many people you needed to to second it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to read uh, further. Uh, 802.07 understands, says... If the lie has been marked by a marker disc, when the disc is released, the player must, one, have at least one supporting a point that is in contact with the lie. Two, have no supporting point closer to the target than the edge than the rear edge of the marker disc. And three, have all supporting points in bounds. Uh, drop zone, da, da, da. a player who violates 8 point, or I'm sorry, 802.07A or B has committed a stance violation and receives a one penalty row but again that doesn't say so carney or uh carney is saying that it does need to be seconded that's and that's just someone on our board so <laughs> what are you trying to say <laughs> then i'm gonna second carney's <laughs> thing so i i i know i'm saying I, I believe carney i think he's right i believe it does have to be seconded so i uh, this all again well, stems I, from the idea I'll, I'll get a note from the pdj tomorrow <laughs> saying you idiot how do you not no, know this? What, what my point is though <laughs> I've seen where a player will ask, some other players are uncertain, sometimes a conversation ensues, sometimes an awkwardness ensues, whatever, and then I keep thinking, well, wait, is, is, it, is it of the other group, is it of the other members of your group? I understand asking them, mm-hmm. but if they're either uncertain or there's a, 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 you know, we'll say some form of split decision, like what should be the next course of action? Should you just automatically not jump putt? Well, I'll because tell you what. If if two guys say it's not, I'm not jump putting for fear of being stroked. That, so that's that's what I would say. Uh, kind of interesting to think about because sometimes I feel like there's a there's this awkwardness of like, well, you guys have to make the call. Is that inside or outside the circle? And I feel like the mm-hmm. person who's jump putting, uh, especially if they're a frequent jump putter and love to do it right from circle's edge, they should be the one that has to kind of prove well, or not that they're inside or outside the circle. How do you, that's my point is how do you prove it? it like, are we yeah. stepping it off? Are we using bush that have plus or minus a few feet on them? Like that all seems a little bit silly, doesn't it? Yeah. So I don't know. It's uh it's just kind of an interesting thing I've seen unfold among card mates as to like, mm, eh, mm. Well, and the, I'll be the first to admit, I've definitely seen one. Uh, am I outside the circle? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're good. They're clearly, I think they're clearly not outside the circle. And some people just are kind of nonchalantly like don't care. Like, eh, yeah, yeah. whatever. If it's close, I, I just usually let the player do whatever they want. 
Like if it's within, I would say two to three feet that I, I look, I'm like, hey, you're like, I mean, it is tough to tell. It is tough to tell when you're that close. And I was like, yeah, you're about at the circle's edge. So I mean, if you want to jump putt fine, otherwise step it off, you know? And, and, and again, we're going to the, uh, the 32nd rule. If you is step part of it, if you step it off, I'm going to say, no, it's not part of it. What if you step it off every hole? Like you're, you happen to be close, but you're stepping it off every single hole. If you're stepping it off and it is clearly outside of the circle, then I'm, I'm counting your time. Mm, but if you're stepping it off and it's inside the circle, you don't. No, if, if you're if it's clearly inside the circle, I'm still counting it. The only way I'm not counting it is oh, if it's questionable. If okay. if the group has a question, a lot because of subjectivity, but it, like it is. Mm-hmm. But but like the rule is when you when you when you are when, what when you get to your lie or when it's like your turn to throw or something. Mm-hmm. Basically, when you approach your lie, and I don't think you're approaching your lie if the, if there's a question as to whether or not you're inside or out because you still don't know technically what your lie officially is. That's my that's my take on it. If the group can't, if the group is like, I don't know, it is, it isn't, it's really close. Why don't you step it off? I'm not counting that in the 30 seconds. That's not part of your normal routine. That's not part of, you know, that that's that's not you approaching your lie like you're ready to throw. And I understand it slows the game down. But again, if if you're 60 feet out and you just want to pace it off because you want to know if you're 50 to 60 because that's going to change how I putt. I'm sorry, I'm counting that because that is that is not questionable. You are. <laughs> that, you're that trying is then to part gain of, range so to speak you're trying to get range yep that's where it's clearly like you said it's clearly somewhere between 50 and 70 feet and you're just trying to determine no i'm what definitely it is. counting that okay uh in the in the spirit <laughs> in the spirit of me releasing las vegas coverage today and tomorrow and the next day i'm gonna pre-warn you oh boy in a good way and I have taken some editorial liberties. <laughs> oh, I know where this is going. And I have trimmed, I'm going to say, every potential time violation, I've trimmed them out oh, of okay. rounds two and three. I think. I think I trimmed them all out. Uh, I don't want to watch it. I don't think. I, know, I doubt you want to watch it. And I, I'm telling you this on purpose so that you're not uh, scared of the coverage or you're not, you're not, you know, maybe stay away from it largely for that reason. Spoiler alert, round one's already out, so I'm going to tell you this, and maybe you already know. Uh, Jacob Curtis, Cupcake, is on the card for round number two that gets filmed and any and all times where he exceeded time violation or what could be perceived as time violation uh they were all trimmed every literally every single one of them and to be fair a few other people's routines were also trimmed so if you look i think my front nine's only like 26 minutes the back nine's 25 minutes like those are relatively short by anyone's standards actually Mm -hmm. but i had trimmed them all and i'm telling you that now so that you don't see maybe the the title or the players and think oh i don't want to sit through that you're not going to that that's what I am warning you of now, or or proclaiming, or um, exciting you about now. You will not have to sit through that. Ray says you should edit out the tap-ins too. That's not some people can. Some yeah, I, I'm not saying that's the worst idea at all. In fact, I I wouldn't. I don't mind the tap-ins because because they don't take very long, and it lets you kind of 
close out a hole. It gives you, it gives you a little more time to breathe. Close and talk. out a thought. Yeah. You know, maybe get an extra mention or or something that may or may not be, you know, play related and and say, oh, you know, such and such is happening or thanks mm-hmm. to so and so. You're right. The, that's but that would be interesting. And then someone said, unless there's a miss. Well, that's kind of funny because if you get in that routine and then all of a sudden you see what looks like a tap in is coming up, but you're you're known to edit out tap ins, then you know it's a miss. Like that kind of ruins it a little bit if if you don't uh, if you kind of have a. Uh, uh, always a strategy to it but uh, again it would be a great test run there, it would be great to test that out do once. it i should do that i like it yeah they all tapped in is that here's the question and this this kind of goes to live broadcasting too does that include for birdie does it matter Th- this is because <laughs> for live it does for live it does based on our producer on one guy there. That's why I yeah, asked. Mahmoud makes the final call. He makes the final decision. If it's for birdie, we almost always show the tap-in. There's like a closure, a completion. There, there, there's a complete... A, a, especially, a celebration, a whatever. Especially if it's one of your top two or three players. Yeah, you want to like, see every that's, single that's, shot. That is... Why that, are we not seeing Macbeth tap-in from from four feet? And it does... He it, birdied four in a row. <laughs> it adds to some of the... It adds to that closure. I, I don't necessarily... I think personally, if if Macbeth parks a hole, boom, it's under the basket. We've seen the whole disc. I don't necessarily think we need to rush to get the tap in. I think you can assume or your comment. That's what your commentators are for. Like, oh, you know, we're watching another hole and we and and Mo comes in here and says, hey, hey, Terry, we're not going to show the Macbeth tap and just mention it. And then that's what the commentator says. Uh, and while these guys were putting in, Paul tapped in and moved on to the next hole for his birdie. We don't need to see him walk up, mark it, drop it in, walk away. Personally, sometimes you do. It depends on the hole. It depends on the situation. depends on the scenario. Yeah, dude. If it's his eighth in a row, you maybe want to see that. If it's his second you know, park in, job in, in a row, nine holes. Eh, like, you don't necessarily have to Does see it. Does it matter the difficulty of the hole? Like, it, you, you park a... I mean, if you park a, a, a 528-footer yeah. versus you park a 322-footer. There could be because you, and, and granted, we have the advantage of some replay in that if you park a 530-foot hole, and then you, people might maybe want to see that drop in like, wow, he he literally dropped in that 530-foot mm-hmm. hole to show that. And maybe the other guys on his card high-five him, whatever. If, if, it, if it's a 280-foot hole that he taps in, meh. Congratulations! I'm more likely. I'm more likely want to see the guy who didn't make it. Well, yeah. Way and then, to go, and then you can even add more <laughs> goofy context to it. It's a 280 foot island hole in which Macbeth will just keep using his name even for the bad. Uh, he he double bogeyed it because he missed the island, then missed the short putt and was frustrated. Took a five on it, so he doubles it, and then on the next day. Uh, it's just a standard park job, and he birdie, like we're still going to show it because it's such a contrast to what mm-hmm. happened the day before. So there's there clearly is no perfect formula for it because everyone kind of has a different perspective and or justification for it. But those are some of the things that are going through the producer's head that are also maybe going through my head mm-hmm. uh, as, as you're watching it all unfold. And then inevitably, whatever you do, someone somewhere can oh, yeah. then complain because they think the exact opposite is what should have happened. Why the F are we watching this tap in? Yeah. And and, and let me say, well, like, like I've, maybe I've, there's more to it. <laughs> I, if you want to get a good interview with Mo, he was just on the uh, uh, Fish's podcast. Go listen to that. I think he actually mentions you. I haven't listened to it yet. Wait a minute. Go it's on. It's all bad. 
Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that's just what someone said on the board. Oh, no, never mind. He said he meant, actually meant JVD and not what? Terry. <laughs> All right, we're reading off the board. Eric uh-huh. is saying, Mo gave Terry mad props on the Fish podcast. And he said, wait, I meant Johnny V, not Terry. Sorry. As it, as All it, right. uh, well, as it I, should be. I thought he was going to get an extra download, and now I don't care. Well, now, Fish, I'm going to download it from two devices. So there you go. <laughs> That's uh, funny. J- just in general, I, I give Mo so much credit because I think he is he's one of the best things to happen to the broadcast. Um, but... No, it, no but, oh, and, and, I just and, and I'll say ninety five percent of the time I agree with all I agree with his decisions. Sure, but there are five percent of the time where I, even I question. I'm like, and I'll tell him, I'm like, do we really need to show that? And usually he'll stop, he'll think, and be like, eh, probably not. But did it hurt? Yeah. And it's like, no, never. Like usually showing extra is rarely hurts. At mo- at the most, maybe we lose one shot that we could have shown through an entire broadcast. If we show a bunch of stuff that's kind of mediocre, and I'm going to put that in quotes, um, maybe we don't get to show one more mediocre shot because we're going to show all the great shots no matter what. We're going to squeeze them in. We're going to find a way. It's just the way it works. So, again, I agree with 95% of, maybe even more than that. Maybe it's like more like 98% of most decisions. Well, and, when and when I don't, I, I say something. And he knows it. And it's all, we're, we have a good, open, working relationship where I'm just like, did we need to show that? Really? Like, I don't need to see that. Or and something like that. It's usually, and, and Mo sometimes will give me like, no, I really wanted to see that for this and this reason. And I'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Or sometimes he'll be like, eh, probably not. You're probably right, John. And then I'll hear him, I'll hear this, like, scribble, 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 as he scribbles in his notebook, <laughs> uh, his notes as maybe like, hey, listen to Johnny here, or don't show this here. Or my favorite was used is right, be better. And I'm like, what does that do? He's like, just reminds me to be better. I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was great. I, I miss working with like right next to Mo. Well, I, I, w- I want to do it. I'll, I'll, let me know. Let me put it this way. I want to do it like one round and then he can go back to his house. It's just, I want to have him here. It's, it was fun, uh, but it's good to have space. I love Mo to death. Ooh. Well, apparently he's on the uh, Disc Golf Bra podcast. So uh, yep. make sure you guys check that out with Fish. As I'm reading some other stuff off of the board, yeah. I mean, Hayes dude says an ace is just a tap in from the T pad. Just cut those out, too. That's yeah, you know what? It's just one throw. Uh, yeah. Gosh. I mean, do, what are you going to miss? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, no big deal uh, as one single throw. Um, man, I had a train of thought on a couple other things. Uh, first of all, I will lead with Shasta. Chris has already found his way over to Thailand. Jeez. He's spending some time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's that awesome over there. He's in uh, Chiang Mai which is where he was last year for quite some time. Then he ended up coming down to Samui and then going uh, back up to Chiang Mai. I saw him make a post uh, just a couple hours ago talking about, I think they're having the something of flight, F of flight, freedom of flight, or something like that going on possibly this weekend. Maybe it's a a tournament going on this weekend and or uh, some other action. So uh, awesome to see Shasta Chris. He Clearly, like last year, we talked about what it was like to be there, and now he's extended his time to good, be there even longer him. during this off season. So great to see that already uh, happening over there for Shasta. Um, some other quick notes. I know. Oh, big news! Big big note. Congratulations to Paige yeah. Pierce and Alyssa Van Lannen. Alyssa Van Lannen, who got married just this past weekend. Yeah, on Saturday. I'm trying to think if the if yeah she, we forgot to we forgot she, to mention it. Any chance the, that. One of them would it be maybe become Alyssa Pierce? I 
Paige Van Lannen? I, I'm, I'm not going to speculate, but I will speculate. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think either of them will change their name. Okay. It's a guess. But who knows? Maybe they will. Uh, they both very much have uh, their their uh, unique branding and uh, and um, like to me, it doesn't make sense for Paige Pierce, who <laughs> who has who sells all this di- all these discs and whatnot, to change her name. But she could change behind the scenes and still have a disc golf name, similar That's to what true. what Val has done with mm-hmm. uh, Valerie Doss versus Valerie Jenkins. Alyssa. It doesn't necessarily have her name doesn't quite hold the same type of clout that pages does since since uh she has not really done well at least in the disc golf community i don't know about necessarily other local communities maybe maybe the Alyssa van landen photos is still going strong outside of disc golf i know it it hasn't inside of disc golf so i don't know if her if her name particularly holds a ton of weight in any big communities or not where keeping it would make a difference. Or maybe as I've been dealing with at work, um, the, where I work is, I think it's about 90% women. It's real estate. It's a lot of office work. It's, it's just, it's always been traditionally, uh, the, the, the jobs around me are mostly women. And so I deal with a lot of name changes. Mm. And so today, literally someone's like, you know, John, I changed my name like a month ago. And can do you, she's like, I've been putting this off. Can you update my email address? Cause mm. it was first initial last name. She's like, can you update my email address? And I'm like, sure. I'll be happy to. I need to update your email address. I need to update your active directory, your login. I need to update your phone. You need to contact HR so they can update. She's like, I already took care of the, the stuff. I'm like, nope. I know you took care of your your billing stuff. I don't care about that. Your your paycheck, that's on you. I said you need to update HR cuz they control a couple other things software related. You need to contact them to have them update your email cuz everyone authenticates in with an email address. You, you need to update this and this. And she's just like, "Oh, she's like this is why I didn't want to change." She's like it was it was bad enough having to change my name in the real world, mm-hmm. much less now having to do it at work. And thankfully, we have it down to pretty well science it takes me all of about 8 minutes to change someone's name in the four to five spots I need to change it in. But I can understand what a pain in the ass if they didn't want to go through that. Yeah. And just want to just, just, and just said, you know what? No one needs to have each other's last name. We're good <laughs> with what we got. Cause it is, it is a pain. So, eh. uh, other things of note. And, uh, this, uh, I'll reiterate this just because I was there and I saw it with my own two eyes. Ray says the Las Vegas Grand Prix is this Saturday at eleven thirty p.m. Eastern, which uh, it's was like overnight. Yeah, it's like an overnight race. Um, if you want to see what the, it ends up looking like, cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
just the sheer construction and madness that is the strip and then the few blocks surrounding the strip along with all the potential uh, strikes that were you know uh, possibilities i'm still going to be blown away i i've never watched an f1 race my life no nor have i not live maybe highlights only because i have visited vegas and i'm interested to see how it looks on tv will i maybe pay any attention to this do you have Um, espn i uh where i'll be probably yeah where i be where i be where i be does where i I be so again i not for the reasons of caring about the race whatsoever i'll be interested to talk to some vegas locals as to how the finished product looked just outside of the cameras because when i was there two weeks ago i i still cannot believe the amount of unfinished work that there was and it was very obvious what needed to be done and then some Uh, even with working around the clock i'm i'm gonna be really curious i know if you're at all local to vegas in any capacity from what i gathered everyone's hating it (laughs) in terms Uh, of i can the construction the madness the everything else that goes along with it i always think they're like yeah but it's generating you know they're saying it's generating so much more business and money thinking you need another reason to go to vegas like really like you needed one no but if you're going to bring in people who don't normally go to vegas that's their that's your goal your goal is to bring in people who don't normally come to vegas let them see what vegas is like so hopefully they come back (laughs) i just think it's like one of the number one visited touristy places on the planet as it is or at least in the u.s it's funny though like there's another thing and like economic impact is that big of a concern when they bring in you know hundreds of I, it thousands does of sound weird to, uh, like conference like, like vegas needs economic impact from tourists <laughs> exactly. at all yeah, but that's my point that's but my I, I can understand wanting to <laughs> so best of uh best of luck i know plenty of people that are just gonna steer uh completely clear of that entire area uh at all cost here for the weekend so we'll see uh, route five disc golf says best underrated podcast i don't know if you're saying we are or if you're asking for a suggestion as to one, mm. I don't know. Because I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, you don't. Which is more than the zero I typically listen to. My newest podcast I've been listening to is um, Black Hills Security InfoSec. Mm. Basically, nerd podcast. Really? Shocking. Yeah, I know. Just security stuff. Huh. Um, otherwise, uh, We Have Concerns is always a good, funny science I feel like I one. have listen to that you might have it's, it's I, i'm pretty sure i have it's always good oh he says us he loves listening to us well thank Aww. you um but if anyone's interested i'll rattle off some of the podcasts that i have in my list right now. and while you do so i know i said happy birthday earlier to nick newton also another guy in uh kind of the general vicinity uh of everything disc golf here in the midwest sean pitts happy birthday to you buddy. oh rivers happy birthday no, different sean pitts oh different sean Believe pitts it or not. No, no, geez, i know sean what pitts. are the odds of that but uh, yeah, it's a different one. I really, and I think a podcast you would really enjoy is Decoder. It's okay. uh, Neelay Patel. I think I've mentioned this before. Works for The Verge. Uh, he's actually, a, he grew up in Racine area. He interviews CEOs. And this, I just listened to one today where he interviewed the CEO of Volvo. Mm. And just, you know, the future of cars, the tech, you know, are, you know, what is a car now that it's not, you know, what, the interesting thing that I never thought about is, Growing up, you and I, standard ICE vehicles, as they're called, internal combustion, how were they marketed? Usually by power, mm-hmm. strength, sound, 
Like you, you knew you knew a V eight versus a V six. Mm-hmm. How is that going to happen with electric vehicles that make almost no noise? Yeah. Like, and all the amenities are basically the same. Your infotainment your infotainment system is probably Android or Google, or I'm sorry, Android or iOS. Your your, your car is they all they're all going to sound alike with almost no sound. <laughs> yeah, just a wee. It's just interesting that the history on how these companies have always like advertise their vehicles as far as the power and and the horsepower and the sound and the engine and this like no all that's gone you have to find a new way to market your vehicle uh, well in that sense and obviously not knowing what exactly how you then combated that or, or replied to that i think your 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 acceleration and horsepower so to speak or just overall acceleration is still could be of major note and a major factor, but clearly it's the audible mm-hmm. that doesn't go along with it. And I think about well, almost every electric vehicle now has so much torque off the take that like getting from zero to sixty, you know, your Teslas can do it in under three seconds. You, you all your other cars are like four seconds now. No. Like no one in I don't know, no one in your right mind, maybe it's five, needs to get to zero to sixty that fast. Period. Well, until I hit the Vegas Strip this I'm, weekend in my race. I'm just saying. So, like, yes, you could sell that. That could be a selling point as far as it just it's so funny because, you know, growing up, our cars got to zero and 60 in like eight or nine <laughs> seconds. And um, I, <laughs> a car that could almost not make it to 60. Um, but just in general, like that, that's one of the things that we're saying is like, yeah, every every electric vehicle now has this initial kick that you can get out of these engines just based on how they're built and every one of them it's like the engine just is no longer uh, it feels like a yeah a selling point i i feel like there's so many other cool things that can be though and real quick i will say uh, it was in it somewhat of an experience that when at one point we were in bend might have been last year already i think now when we were in Bend and Sexton had brought his Rivian truck, which I knew nothing about at the time. Yep. Uh, he brought his Rivian uh, truck for the weekend, which is his day-to-day standard driving vehicle, his everyday driver. Uh, and we went out into an open road <laughs> out near the desert, near the edge of town. And that acceleration, as you said, is yeah. in, is like... And that's a truck. Yeah. And we we dropped it a little lower into sport mode, did a couple things to get the full experience of it. Like the the G-forces or whatever against your body and your face, like made it almost, I mean, it felt like a roller coaster and then some. Mm -hmm. Like it was very impressive if you want or need that. And clearly... Nate Sexton of all people's not out there just ripping around, you know, shredding up roads uh with the with this truck, but it was definitely shocking to have that much and that quick of acceleration. Now clearly I think the world knows by now you nor I are any form of car guy. Nope, never but, happened. But I, I will say that was cool to uh to have him do that a couple of times, be like, holy shit, this is Yeah. The way you could feel it was was certainly impressive. Yeah, part of the other conversation that they had on this thing was that these auto manufacturers used to just buy parts from all these different companies and assemble them. Well, now the car is a rolling computer, yeah. and you need to you, you need to have 
control over all of those parts mm. because they all talk to each other now. It's not like before, like, cool, mm. your transmission didn't didn't need to talk to your muffler. Like, mm. they just didn't they didn't speak. Now, every part of your car talks. So, bringing all of that silicon in-house to, to, to make it, it's a whole new industry. Your, your car is just a rolling computer. That's all. That's, like, literally mm. all it is these days. Um, and, and where they're going from there. And this, again, this was Volvo. So they talked about safety cause that's the big Volvo thing. And the, but he has interviewed a lot of other car, he's a car guy in general, but he interviews a lot of other car CEOs, but tech CEOs as well. And things like that. I really love the decoder podcast. The other podcast that I like is, uh, is one called we're not wrong. <laughs> and it, it's just three people talk politics. If, if you, that are very, one is more left, one is a little more right, one is more a little center, and they're neither, they never, it's never, no one's too far out on the skirts, which is mm. great. It's very much a, a center center lane kind of podcast. So that's, those are the podcasts I've been listening a lot to lately. And of course, the Party Podcast, which I opened up my podcast app to take a look at it, or to take a look at the podcast, and the Party literally started downloading right oh. now. They just dropped their podcast. Dang, I'm going to have to go out and... It will be my drive-to-work podcast tomorrow morning. Because it's usually about 30 to 35 minutes. It's a perfect drive right to work. I will give a quick plug. After I listen to the broadcast, because it talk about me. Yeah, I mean... If the party's not talking about me... Uh, I will give a quick plug for the idea, and and I'm going to say I've spoiled myself with this now, is purchasing YouTube Premium... And I treat you, it high roller. I treat it, which again, I've said this before. It'd be so great. Like if it was just like a, a freebie that they gave to people with a hundred thousand subs or a million or whatever the number is, but mm-hmm. like at a certain threshold, like here's something that doesn't cost us money that we could give to you. You are clearly a part, a successful part of our overall platform. And I'm not demanding it. I just think it would be a really nice like gesture mm-hmm. or perk. But anyway, eh. I paid for it. And I treat it just like I think almost everyone else would treat basically a podcast slash uh, Netflix. Like you go out and you, for anyone that travels, you go out and I love that I just hit the download button. That's all I do. I hit the download button and I can create an entire queue of all this stuff that I can then ideally watch in planes. And I can't stress Mm -hmm. this enough. Having still the the 1.5 or the 1.75 <laughs> speed on it makes everything I do so much more enjoyable. One I'm point, able to consume so much more passively. 1.7 is the sweet spot, by the way. Uh, they don't offer that on YouTube. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's 0.5, uh, 0.25 increments. So yeah. 1.25. I say this all the time. Listen to something at 1.5 for a while and then either go to 1 or 1.25. It, it feels like they're... Uh, <laughs> whatever it is it's gonna feel so it's, slow but well you anyway. would, there, there was a podcast i listened to for many many years and you and i went down to austin a few years ago and we got to hang out in person with some of them we did the live broadcast it was weird listen like talking to them in person mm. because it does i'm like your voice like you talk so much slower than i listen to you at. <laughs> yeah but, so it uh i wish that, i could listen to you at 1.5 oh speed. my gosh it is it's just so nice and then like a netflix at least which is the only other platform i'm really semi-familiar with uh they create a Mm -hmm. smart downloads so it'll go out and download x amount of uh random things that it thinks i might like as well obviously based on my Mm -hmm. algorithm so there will be something there but now before every single flight i just i just 
as many as I want, just gonna start ripping through them. Yeah, but you're probably doing button. it like as you walk on the plane. I know. You know I, know, I, the word. I, I bet I, you hear I, the words. No, now I start to do it basically the moment I enter the airport because most airports have pretty good download. If I sure. think of it, I'll do it at home. But most airports have pretty good download, so I'll get on the free the free it's, Wi-Fi it's, and then I'll <laughs> I'll just I'll queue up anywhere from fifteen to twenty to thirty things, obviously depending on the length and the length of my flight, and I'll just queue them and they'll just sit and download while I'm going through check-in while I'm going through all the different stations. See, that's all part of my my checklist the night before usually. Like I'll I'll go through like, oh, I need I want to download, you know, I haven't watched these three YouTube videos. I want to download them. And then I'll look at if there's any series that I'm in the middle of that I haven't downloaded. Usually it's like there's like a Rick and Morty or Star Trek or something dumb. So all right. So the question off the board I think just a moment ago was hey Terry, twenty five hundred dollar round trip to Thailand sound about right. I mean Yes, um, this is just uh, a little bit of back your perspective is I've seen international flights from the U.S. Uh, usually around the low end, about $800. I think typical is eleven to 1500 If you're going all the way into Bangkok, it's they always get you, or I'm sorry, Bangkok to USM to uh, Samui. That's you have to get on a different airline. There's only one little boutique airline that does that, and you don't want to do any of the, <laughs> the uh, the. In my opinion, you don't want to do any of the ferries or any of the other creative ways to get there. So to me, uh, that's the way to go: is Bangkok and then Bangkok onto uh, onto Samui. Uh, I would. So that's what you're looking at. Anywhere from is if you really want to go cheap, like cheap, cheap, really. Basic and 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 really inexpensive. You can get rooms for ten to twelve dollars, twenty dollars a night gets you like a very basic, not too shabby uh, room or hotel room for twenty dollars a night. Probably thirty, forty. I feel like that's the sweet spot. And then of course you could spend more, but only if you really need to. Um, I I think like that thirty and forty dollar a night is a really good sweet spot. I think you can find phenomenal places for for forty dollars a night. Actually, again, I'm also like to to roll a little more low key. Uh, your your food is going to probably be inexpensive depending on where you want to go. If you want to eat very uh, standard restaurant food that is Americanized, so to speak, yeah, then you might be paying you know ten to twenty dollars a plate. If you wanna if you want to get courageous, courageous and adventurous, and you're cool with eating at the million places just off Ring Road, right off the side of the road, in the in the the uh, kitchens and the the huts and the camps and the uh, the canopies and whatnot that are set up twenty four seven, and you want to eat with everyone else at two or three or five in the morning because everyone's uh, either up or or getting up for the day, and you want to eat like a king for $4, uh, those are options as well if you're a little more adventurous. So, yeah, and then $7 a day, $6 a day to have a scooter, and if you're doing Thailand without a scooter, you're doing it wrong. I can't say that enough. Um, and those those are most of your expenses. It's pretty pretty damn inexpensive once you get there. So it's always just going to be the airfare. Uh, and thank you. There was a, there was a lot of people that had responses this last weekend when I was in uh, Arizona. And thank you to anyone that's reached out. It was obviously now about a week ago uh, where the news was uh, released here that I am helping continue to push 
Thailand's uh, Koh Samui course forward uh, with the likes of everyone else that's there and all the other efforts and everything else. So thank you. A lot of really kind and gracious support. And a lot of people who said, like, I really, really do want to get there. And, of course, uh, I'm there to provide any help or suggestions. And uh, I can provide a few of the ins and outs. But just come have the experience. I've already determined for next year, and I just saw this last night on Instagram, (laughs) there's a little island. They're all little islands. There's an island just north. And I feel like they played. Luke will have to uh, inform me. I feel like they... One year for this event, for the Samui Swine, they played on Samui and then took a boat onto another island, like a legitimate boat ride onto another island. And then I think with timing and the boat rides, it didn't it didn't operate as smoothly as they wanted it to at that time. I think that might have been the year like Coaling was there and a few others. And I think there were some logistical challenges. But anyway, that same island now has a nine-hole, like, ace run style course. Oh, fun. Like you know, everything under 200 feet kind of thing. And if that's the case, and I found them on Instagram, if that's the case, I, there's, there's, there's a hundred percent certainty that I get onto that Island, uh, <laughs> to go, uh, be part of that. We'll probably get a little group of people to go over there and looking forward to it. Just swim there, buddy. <laughs> just, uh, just I can swim just fine, but I'm not about to make that attempt. Oh gosh, Terry. I, I, I'm an, I'm an average swimmer, but not one that's gonna, about to go swimming in the uh, Gulf of Thailand quite that far. Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. That'll get you eligible to watch Terry swim. It's awkward, but... <laughs> it doesn't get weirder than it that. It does not get weirder swimming than that. Swimming lessons with the Terry Bear. That's right. That's what we're giving away tonight. Swimming lessons with Terry Miller. <laughs> this is a, I was a tadpole once. The New London pool. You Oh, well, that's phenomenal. You you probably did swim lessons with your kids, too, once in a while. Oh, well, uh, I, I went to them. I did not uh, do any oh, you did not lessons. Oh. No. I'm not, a, I'm not a fish like you. I love the water. I love the water. Uh, Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV, where you can watch Terry swim or be eligible for our weekly giveaway. For as little as a dollar a month, you can be eligible for our weekly giveaway. That's right. A dollar a month gets you into the weekly giveaway. Doesn't sound fair for us, but it is fair for you. So we are going to give something away tonight. Some sort of box, maybe a disc member box. What? 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 I don't want to support us with giving us one of these boxes every month. Every month. And then we turn around and we just give them away. I don't even. I'd like to open it and keep it. I don't even open it. You know, whoever gets this gets to see the address of where I work. Unless Mm. I, unless I black it out or something. Mm. It's not my whole address. Or I'll sticker right over it. Or you'll sticker over it, but they ship it to my work. They could ship it to your work too if you became a if you subscriber. became a subscriber for I think it's like thirty dollars a month now. <laughs> it used to be twenty five, but I believe disc member. I think they might have bumped it up to thirty now. They have thirty dollars right now. I'm seeing it but for thirty dollars on their website. at least forty dollars worth of merchandise in here. So thanks again to disc member. We 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 love you. Thank you for supporting us and the podcast. It makes all of us very very happy. And I'm going to give this one away. I honestly don't. Even though I've got like two or three of them sitting here, I don't know which month this is from. So uh, someone's going to get. You s- could look on the. I'm not going to look, Terry. Okay. I don't want to look. All right, you're going to get something sweet from Disc Member. Yeah, yeah you're going to get something sweet. So it could be something really cool. It's always going to be something really cool, to be yeah, honest. Not it could be. It will be. It will be. So 134 people are eligible for our giveaway tonight, Terry. What number are we going to draw? I was at the 17th annual PLO. We had a first-time winner. 
So let's have a first time oh, winner yeah. here for the drawing. I Very, hope, we have, hope we have a first time winner. First time winner and the first number we draw. That's what I'm getting at. All right. It's sorted by generating email the first one. There were like six or seven people that went to smashbox.tv slash weekly giveaways this week. Wow. So people are getting anxious. Do anything to get that free stuff. Number 27. 27. That is the number. And they were sorted by. I said email address. Okay. I didn't listen. I know. 27. So that means that 27 is Dan Rebholtz. Dan. Dan Rebholtz. Thanks a lot, Dan Rebholtz. You will get this box right here. Um, I've got your email address. You are not, you are at the $2 level, so we don't have your uh, address address, which is probably, you know, it makes it more difficult for us, but smart move for you so Terry doesn't just show up at your door. Mm. You can't ever discount that. <laughs> yeah. If you're on an island and I could swim there, <laughs> he, I'll he, see you he, there. He so, uh, Dan Rebholtz, congratulations. You're going to get this box right here. And uh, I'll hand it to Terry tonight, and he'll ship it sometime. Yeah, sometime sooner than later, actually. If it's already uh, boxed up, it's easy for him to ship. It really it? is. I just have to get your address and then print out a sticker, a, uh, a new label, which isn't that difficult for me to do. So I'm happy to do so and get that out to you. And I think I got one or two to get out as well, but sounds good. Cool. Mm, gosh, I'm trying to think if we got anything else. I'm working on a course stuff. I told you cold turkey is sold out as of now. For both the uh, Saturday and Sunday's action, 144 total participants. Thank you to Dynamic Disc for being a uh, presenting sponsor here this year. I'm also having the uh, the flex start taking place on the Red Fox. So if you only have like an hour and a half, maybe two hours at most on Saturday, the 27th, you can come play in a flex start event, which is also going to have a pretty, I'm sorry, it's the 25th. Don't show up on Monday the 27th. <laughs> on uh, Saturday the 25th, uh, super short, super easy course. It's nine holes. You play through it twice, and that's how you'll get your 18-hole score. So that's a flex start. I think there's like five or ten, five or eight people signed up already. And then um, last couple of years, we've had like 40 ultimately sign up. So that's taking place. And then just a few feet away on the regular 18-hole course is where we have the uh, Cold Turkey 18 taking place so um please consider signing up coming to play uh big shout out i had a good time with a lot of people this weekend uh and the event staff i said was great and continues uh to evolve and be awesome uh big shout out marty helping me out with another pair of blenders sunglasses i'm no Deion sanders but i got another pair of blenders which i'm excited about but then uh also uh a lot of fun with the largely based tucson crew uh, we managed to have a good time out there on Saturday night as well and uh, got to know a bunch of new people and hang out with a bunch of awesome people. And I wanted to make sure to say hello and thank you to all of you guys. I know Tucson's doing some really good things in the world of disc golf. So, Oh, and I got to visit. I showed up late to the poker party at Ricky's house. Okay. Uh, I got in late Thursday. I uh, had to make a pit stop or two and... Then ultimately, Ricky and a couple others were playing cards out at Ricky's place. He lives in way outside of town in northern Scottsdale. Don't dox him. Yeah, I, I couldn't. You couldn't find his house anyway. Trust me, it's way <laughs> out there. Uh, and as I was just getting there, they're wrapping up the poker party, which is best for their pocketbooks because I was coming in. Uh, but saw Tommy Guns, Anthony Barella. 
and, and a few others, all Dan Long, all having a good time. And unfortunately, I missed the poker, but got some good one-on-one time with old Rick. That's good. Uh, and got to see him. out. He was out there uh, with his uh, co-shop owners uh, out there on Saturday supporting the local event and uh, doing good stuff. So good to see so many of those people yet again. All right, you mentioned there's some legal considerations considering Patreon that might, might be an issue, an issue if they aren't international. Intentional, I think, is it? Ah. <laughs> yeah, not international. Yeah, no, thanks. basically just uh, the reason why we do the option for the website giveaway is that it is against Patreon's terms of service to use it as a lottery. So you can't use it just strictly for giveaways. Um, so you need to, by their terms of service, you need to have another way, a free way to get into any sort of giveaways that you have, which we do and we have for the longest time because the last thing we want is to have Patreon or something go against their terms of service and have them close down our Patreon or shut it down. We want to be on the up and up. So anyone that has a Patreon, if you're doing giveaways based on Patreon, you exclusively, exclusively you need to have some sort of other, you should have some sort of other giveaway or I will turn you in. Yes, you don't want Johnny V coming after you. I, I really don't care. But in general, that's what you're supposed to have. Yes. And if there's one thing we are, it's by the book. Oh, my God. I'm a law-abiding citizen, Terry. I've never broken a law in my life. Nope. Not one that I've recorded this week, anyway. Mm. With that, it's almost time, our imaginary end time, which happens to be almost exactly at three hours tonight. But we go when we need to. So we're going to call it. I don't think we have anything else pressing. We want to thank all of you. We know so many of you are regulars here on Tuesday night. I got a picture sent to me via text. It was, for the most part, uh, clean. But uh, <laughs> cool. somebody sporting their Smashbox shirt saying, I can't listen right now, but I'm with you in spirit. Aww. We love you, Ben. So thank you, guys. Thanks for being here and uh, tuning in and chiming in with us and having a good time. I thought I was wearing my Smashbox gray shirt, but I'm actually wearing my Nintendo shirt under here. Mm. Sorry. Different. A few Smashbox stickers were released in the wild this weekend, too. So thank you guys uh, for the support and hope you put them out there proudly. For Johnny V, I'm the Disc Golf Guy. Thank you so much. A little earlier, we had Thomas Gilbert in the regular show. We'll be back next week with show 481, edging a little bit closer, not only to the end of the year, but to that 500 mark. 500. Jeez. See you next week. We step inside the Smashbox.